0: Why do we make excuses or excuse people's harmful or hurtful behavior to us, in particular in relationships, especially for those of us that grew up with wounds or harm from our parents? Stay tuned as we're going to talk about that in this week's Sensual Power Podcast. Welcome to the Sensual Power Podcast. This is a podcast for women, AFAP people, and anyone looking to learn more about generational trauma, childhood trauma, narcissistic abuse, sacred sexuality, and healing any wounds around money, sex, relationships, self, and doing expansion work with them. Everything that I'm talking about is based on my own experiences of healing and the work that I do with my clients. Keep in mind, though, I am a cis white woman, so the views that I express do come with a sense of privilege, and if harm is done, I am always willing to repair harm, so please reach out if that happens. Otherwise, stay tuned and listen to your next episode right now. Welcome back to your Central Power podcast. As always, I am your host, Valerie Schrader. This week I am doing a solo episode because I want to talk about something that I notice coming up frequently with clients. It always comes up um, with friends too and in particular with what we're seeing happening as the result of the overturn of Roe v. Wade and other rights that I'm noticing. So if you are in the U.S. or aware of what's going on in the U.S., You know that we recently overturned Roe v. Wade and more rights on top of that. Tons of them, actually. But what I'm noticing in particular with that one are lots of um, women or, or femme presenting folks coming out of the woodwork with just this overwhelm and almost feel of betrayal of partners that are not supporting them and their rights. They're noticing situations where, you know, their partners don't see it as a bad thing or a dangerous thing even. And they're feeling very betrayed by that and questioning who they've gotten into relationship with. And then as that's happening, there's this question of like, Well, certainly you must know your partner's stances on human rights and political feelings, even though, in my personal opinion, human rights are never political. We just have politicized them. But what's happening is they're starting to also awaken to toxic behavior from partners. And what's happening with that is a really big question of what do we do? Do I divorce or separate from this partner? Do I leave this person? Do I stay? Like, what do I do? And as I've seen this coming up, it's really taken me to what I deal with with my clients on a pretty frequent basis of... Noticing as we start the healing process from, you know, mother wounding from generational wounding, you know, parental wounding, all those things is a pattern of behavior where we explain away the harmful or hurtful behaviors of partners. And it becomes, you know, it's tied in with having toxic relationships. But even if the relationship isn't one that is necessarily so toxic that it, it is better for them to leave, there is still a questioning of what do I do with this relationship or how do I get at, get through this and, and make the changes within it so that these things don't keep happening. So that's when we start facing the, why are you accepting when your partner does hurtful or harmful things? And if you're a parent, you know, are you making excuses for their behavior with your children? You know, if your your partner is saying harmful or hurtful things or doing harmful or hurtful things with them, are you excusing it? And before I go into this further, I just want to note too, if you're listening to this, one, you don't have to be a parent for this to apply. You don't even have to be in a current partnership. Because this applies with a lot of different relationships and I'm gonna go into that a little bit more but we're gonna focus a little bit more on partnerships. Two, if this is bringing up some discomfort, maybe pause, do what you need to do with resource but sit with the discomfort as much as is safe for you so that you can really unpack for yourself what's needed and definitely book a call with me if you're feeling like I need some support with this because that's the point, right? is To get support and to process this and and see what can be done to work through it, so to continue on with this, when we notice that we have a habit of excusing away behaviors, you know maybe your your partner makes little digs at you that they call just joking, but it it really hurts you, or you know maybe your partner does or says heartful or hurtful things. And what you're noticing from that is you go immediately into, well, you know, they're having a hard time. They're really stressed out right now or, you know, they, they didn't grow up in a good situation and I understand that. And, you know, like you immediately come up with a laundry list of ways that they are excused of what they've done or said, right? And again, this can apply to anything. I've done it before. In working relationships, you know, in my past, before I really did a lot of my own work. I would notice with employees or, or stuff like that. You know, I'd be like, well, I understand that they have a lot of hurt. There's, you know, these things from their past that I know about. There's the stress that I ha- they know about. And what you're doing in the background is saying to yourself... Their behavior is excusable because on some level I deserve this. And I want you to sit with that for a minute because that's a really hard thing to face. And it does not mean that you actually deserve to be treated or talked to in ways that hurt or harm you. What it does mean is that somewhere along the line... On an unconscious level, you learned that that is exactly what you deserve. And many of us do. For me, when I would excuse people's behavior, I even excused things to the point of if I went on a date with someone, and trigger warning here, I'm going to talk a little bit about sexual assault. If I went on a date with somebody and got coerced into sex with them, I excused it. I said, well, I went along with it. And, you know, they, they took me out and I set myself up to be in this situation um, where they drove me or I had dinner at their place or, you know, whatever I could come up with. And, you know, I flirted back with them when they flirted with me through our text and and, and other moments. So, you know, I gave the impression and, of course, they expected it. and, and And all I was doing in those moments is saying to myself, it was my fault and I deserved it. And that is something that our society has put on us quite a bit. Um, especially in in patriarchal society with rape culture, right? We always blame the victim and we don't realize sometimes how we internalize that. When the reality of the situation was this guy, when I said, no, I don't really want to do that, kept pushing, kept pushing, kept pushing to the point where I gave in and said yes, because on the underside of that, I was afraid of what would happen if I said no and held my ground because I was in a situation where, you know, maybe I was in their car or maybe I had dinner at their house, right? Something. I was alone and confined with them in some way. They could do what they wanted. And and there's a lot to unpack there with that. But let's go something a little bit broader. So in relationships, I would do the same thing. Again, I said I did it in work relationships. I would make excuses for employees not listening to me or doing things harmfully or coworkers screwing me over with stuff. I had a situation with a um, a business partner that literally backed out of our contract and that caused me to be responsible on a financial end for a, something that we were doing, a a program we were launching. Um, I was responsible for a couple thousand dollars because of them. And at first I caught myself going into the, well, this person's, you know, going through a divorce, their, their life is changing. They're going through all of this, these hard emotional times so I can understand why this is hard on them. And then I caught myself and I was like, Yeah, and that doesn't excuse backing out of a contract and a financial obligation. Like, that's fucked up. That doesn't need to be, you know, something that I excuse and be like, oh, it's okay. No, it's not okay. You literally just stuck me with a couple thousand dollars and I'm not okay with that. And no, you don't get to have this nice little kumbaya moment with me and be like, yeah, I just think this is what's best for me right now. Yeah, you, you're you going through stuff and you made a commitment. You made it a, a financial obligation. There was an actual contract involved. Not okay. So like when I caught that, I was like, wow, I see how easy that is to slip into still. But I caught it before I acted. And that was the thing. And instead of excusing it away and somehow making it acceptable to be treated badly... And to be harmed on a financial end, right, I said, no, that wasn't okay. And it wasn't about playing victim or anything like that. But it put me in a position of power to say, I don't deserve that. That was not okay with me. Yes, I can understand and empathize that this person has a lot of life stuff going on. And they probably overcommitted to things. And that was not an okay way to deal with it. And that gets to have as much space as their truth, right? That truth gets to be just as prevalent as my, as theirs. So if you are noticing that you have a tendency to do stuff like this, or like, again, maybe your, ha- your partner or... Um, a friend or something, they they make inappropriate comments. They say things that hurt you, and then if we're thinking on a broader scale, you know, those moments where a family member or somebody that we're in a relationship with, they say things that are really harmful or hurtful. Maybe they say racist things. Like again, in the, in the last few years, I think many of us have had that moment of questioning, like our own biases and beliefs, and then we realize that, you know, we have parents or family members that believe things that are inherently racist or bigoted, sexist, right, homophobic, transphobic, whatever, and there's a fear of speaking up about it, and then there's also a a excusing it, right, well, grandpa just grew up in a different generation where, you know, mom's from the South, right? We make those excuses for people on smaller and bigger levels. And, and to me, you know, when I'm saying smaller or bigger, it's really just all relative, right? You know, maybe that parent also constantly questions your weight. Maybe they did it when they were younger. And this is where we get into where we learn to do this, where we learn to excuse people's behavior and make it okay. And it comes from our formative years. At some point, either in childhood or early adulthood, we learned that we did not get to question somebody's behavior. And we also didn't get the opportunity to feel hurt or angry or sad upset or frustrated by it something happened for me um, I remember when I was younger anytime my mom would blow up which was frequently if you've been here for a while you know that it was frequently but anytime she would blow up and get mad at me for whatever reason she started kicking me out of the house by the time I was six couldn't even tell you why I got kicked out all the time Just know I did. Somehow I made her mad. And then what would happen is, you know, my dad would come to pick me up and take me home. And it was just a a cycle. And then if I would question her about it, or even if she didn't kick me out, but she just blew up at me for no reason. Um, Or for whatever reason in her head was worthy of me being scolded, yelled at, abused, punished, whatever. And if I would question it afterward, I was the bad guy. You're making such a big deal. I didn't do that. That never happened. Stop making such a big deal out of things. You need to get over it, right? I remember often my mother um, drank quite a bit when I was really young and then continued to chain smoke. So like She was like a pack a day type of person. And I remember times where I would even, something as simple as asking her to crack the window on the way to school. Because one, I didn't want to smell like smoke. It was embarrassing. I got teased for it. But more importantly, I didn't want to breathe it in. I hated it. Um, And So if I would ask her to crack the car window, she would rage out at me for that. She would get so angry at me for asking So what I learned from those moments, and in particular those, over time was that it's unacceptable for me to question somebody's behavior and feel hurt by it. Because if I feel hurt by it, something bad will happen. I'm going to get punished somehow for it. And what that did is create a long-term belief of I do not deserve to speak up about things. And if I do, I will be punished for it. So it became easier and easier to accept behavior that was cruel. I accepted abuse from my ex-husband from that. I accepted abuse from other partners, whether that be emotionally, mentally, physically, sexually, because I believed on some level I did not get the right to question things or to feel hurt by behavior. I remember a partner that he was just shutting down for me and in that shutting down, you know, something that I really thrive on in a relationship are words of affirmation. So things like, I love you, I appreciate you, you look beautiful today. There was no compliment. In fact, there, there became criticism of me all the time. And I expressed him like, I really need to hear something good from you. I've not heard that in a long time. And he became angry at me. And instead of getting mad about it, I immediately questioned myself. I asked myself why I was making things so difficult. Why couldn't I just understand that he was stressed out? He was stressed out about money, living situation, how, you know, all all these different things. He was, you know, finishing up a divorce process and there was all of that. And, you know, I was just giving a laundry list of reasons that I just needed to lay off and it was all my problem. And what I was doing is trying to mold myself into this little complacent, people-pleasing being that was miserable and it would always make me feel super depressed. But again, this was learned behavior. So if you are listening to this and you're, you're noticing like, yeah, I I make excuses all the time for my partner. I make excuses for my boss, for my coworkers, for employees. I make excuses for friends, you know, whoever it is in your world doing shitty things. And even when they do it, and maybe they do it to somebody else. I have clients that have felt a lot of guilt over, you know, maybe their partner has made hurtful statements to their children about what they like, what they, how they dress, what they do, you know, whatever. And they always make excuses on behalf of the partner for their kids. And they realize that, oh, shit, All they're doing is teaching their kids to do what they learn to do. There's a lot of guilt for that. First of all, if that's you, this is totally fixable. It will get easier. It will get a lot easier the more you take a moment to pause. And I'm going to get to how to start correcting that behavior and and growing from it and also helping to heal situations where you've excused behavior. And maybe it's not with children, maybe it's somebody else, maybe it's friends or other family members or whatever. You've excused someone else's behavior when they're like, "God, that was really shitty," and you're like, well, they're just they're they're going through a lot and they're really stressed out right now, And what you're doing is saying to that person, like, "Oh no, no, don't don't make waves about this because again, that's bad. We don't want to disrupt." The, the flow of things because we need it to not blow up and be punished for that, right? Still a younger version of you that is saying, hey, remember we get punished if we um, stand up for what we, we've learned. And keeping in mind, this can be even more nuanced based on lived experience, right? What is your, what is your background in life? And this this goes based on race, sex, orientation, where you lived, class status. All of these things can factor in to why we do this. But it comes down to learning it from our youth and that on some level we must excuse behavior. So, again, if you're listening to this and it's making you feel really uncomfortable cause, resource, but also see where you have the ability to sit with the discomfort so that you can learn from it and not to a place of where you're re-triggering yourself or traumatizing yourself, but just understanding where it is that this is coming from, why you're doing it and unpacking it because that's how we learn, that's how we grow and unfortunately, We as a society, as people, as human beings, we've not gotten past this place of where we can grow lessons without some discomfort and pain. I wish that we would. would. My goal in this world is to see all of us just passing down these really helpful lessons without pain and suffering. But we have yet to be there on a collective level. I believe we can get there. And this is from doing this work now so that generationally, things get better and better. But where do we go from here? How do, we, how do we work through this? This need to excuse behavior on different levels. First, again, you have to sit with it. You have to understand why do you do this? On what level do you feel like you deserve to be treated badly or, or you fear speaking up because you fear punishment of some sort? And I'm not talking about like, you know, you you think that you're going to get a spanking or something like that still or whatever. But like the, the removal of love, the removal of belonging, the removal of acceptance, those are fears we have, right? If you're like me and you grew up in a situation where a parent made love very conditional and then you learn to... Be around people later on in life that made everything conditional with you. And, and keeping in mind too, like not every relationship is about unconditional love, but like unconditional respect where we can say, I have the ability to call you in when you have done harm to me. And there are certain differences between calling in and calling out, Right calling out is where somebody is just overtly being harmful. I, I was asked this question recently by a friend of like, how do we deal with cancel culture? She's like, cause I don't know that, I don't know how I feel about it. I'm like, well, we need to look and evaluate it. things. You know, if somebody is so overtly racist and so doubled and tripled down in those beliefs, And maybe it's a company, even maybe the way they act, and they have a history of just reinforcing it, reinforcing it, reinforcing it, then I'm going to take my money elsewhere, or I'm not going to associate with that person anymore. If somebody is being harmful, because they haven't unpacked their own biases, or their own behaviors that they picked up, and haven't taken the time to question things, then I'm going to call in and give the opportunity to say, Hey, do you notice that you've done this? Or do you notice that you've hurt me here, right? I'm going to give them the opportunity to do better. Because at heart, we all want everyone to do better. And, and this is on so many different levels. On a personal end, even, I had to really sit with myself on my feelings about, you know, our, our judicial system. And what I saw happening, because again, having been a sexual assault survivor, I've been through moments where there's the reporting of that and and what do you want out of it and what kind of justice looks like. And there was a moment where I had to come to terms with what I really wanted was restorative justice, which is to have somebody go through the work to unpack why they did what they did and do the healing and growth so that they never do it again. Because just sticking somebody in a cell doesn't fix the behavior. It doesn't make that better, right? There are reasons why things happen and I can say that hurt me and you do not get to go without some type of punishment for that. But what I want is for you to never do that to anybody again. So my version of quote unquote punishment is for you to figure out why you felt like you got to do that and to heal from it. And that's on a broader scale. That's on a social scale. But on a personal level, again, if somebody's really hurt me, I'm going to take the time to express that. And if we have an equitable relationship with un- conditional respect hopefully you can take that and say you're right I've done harm and I'm sorry and I would like to repair that and here's how right so first up again is figuring out why you do this why you make the excuses why you make it okay On what level have you learned that you deserve to be treated badly or on what level have you learned that it's better to make excuses for other people's behavior or, you know, again, on whatever scale that is versus questioning it and standing against it and calling in or calling out as needed, right? The next step about that is to ask yourself, okay, What work do I need to do to step into deeper self-love? What work do I need to do to step into trusting my worthiness that I deserve better and understanding that it is not my responsibility to make somebody right or wrong for their behavior. It is my responsibility to understand how it has impacted me or others around me and what do I want out of that, right? So on a personal end, if a partner is being hurtful toward you or harmful in some way, maybe again they they always make these little digs at you that make you feel just bad about yourself, maybe, right? Or maybe it's still a parent, and you have to decide. Okay, I don't like that. So what kind of conversation am I going to have with them about that? And saying. I understand everything you have going on, and that behavior is no longer acceptable to me. I do not deserve it, and I'm not willing to accept it, right? And depending on where the harm is, right, the, the answer may be saying, I am out of this relationship, or maybe it may be saying, like, here is what I will not accept. Here are the consequences if you don't. I'm willing to do the repair work with you, but you have to be responsible for do, for doing the bulk of that. And if not, then we need to have another discussion. Or again, saying, you know, if a partner is, or a person in your life is really harmful, saying, okay, this is not acceptable. And you've crossed a boundary that I... That is a hard limit for me, right? You have to decide what are the hard and soft limits. We're, yes, we're borrowing that from BDSM, but it's a practice that works really well in many real aspects of life because it really is understanding like what what is an absolute hard limit, a no for you there that that is never acceptable, and what is not acceptable but you're willing to be a part of somebody doing better and doing and doing the repair and the, the healing work or the the reframing work, right? So once you get to that point, again this is gonna involve lots of self-love work. And I have to be honest, when clients do this, like with me, there are going to be little hiccups along the way. There's gonna be little you know, glitches where you catch yourself stepping into the behavior again for a second, but over time it gets easier and easier. Again, I've had those moments myself and I catch it before I act on it so that now I actually show up way more in integrity of knowing that I get to be a respected person in this world. I get to be treated well in this world. So there's that. And then once you're at that point, It's sticking to the boundaries and it's deciding, okay, so what do you want now? And expressing that. And maybe if there is a relationship end of some type there, what do you want for future? And what would that make you feel, right? We focus a lot on like the broader things, but focus on what you want to feel. That's a simpler thing to tune into. For me, being in a relationship with someone, regardless of who my partner is, um, and, and having them really respect my boundaries. I have a particular boundaries that are, you know, things that I, I need to feel safe in that relationship and to feel desiring of that relationship continuing. What are those? And, and having a partner that respects that and if they have a moment where they cross that boundary or you know tiptoe on the line of that boundary having them do the repair work and actually do the repair work not just say I'm sorry but like what are you going to do better how are you going to do better and, it, and if you're the person that again has kids where you notice you've made excuses for a partner this is where you explain to them again Here is why I did this. This is something that I am unpacking and working through. Here is what I want for you in the future. What would you like? How do you want me to handle this in the future? And I am willing to do X, Y, and Z if I notice this come up again. I'm willing to do the repair work. Doing that can really reset relationships with your children and with anybody that you've, you know, you've, done this with where you've made excuses on behalf of another person when they've been hurt, right? So you have to look at like, what do you want? What are the feelings behind that? Seeing what the repair work needs to be. And when you know what you want for me, again, having a partner that really respects my boundaries and honors them. And if they tiptoe on them or even cross them, which I don't really have now, because again, I set those boundaries very clearly with the expectations up front, then I get to tell them, okay, so you, you tiptoed near my boundary, didn't feel good, and they're willing to have that conversation with me, and that's a really wonderful feeling because when they do that, it tells me that they are invested in unconditionally respecting me as a human being, as a fellow human being. And, and that goes on the other side of things too, right? I give that in return. And it may not look always perfect. It's not like we have, you know, have these completely euphoric relationships with like no conflict, no issues, right? No, that's not reality. But what it is, is we've established what we want. We've established our self-worth on individual levels and we've shown up expressing that and expressing our boundaries and forcing those and saying, I honor you enough to do the work to repair anything that needs repairing along the way. And that's what relationships are always about. But first, there has to be a lot of self-work and understanding what you need to unpack. And again, based on experiences that can look a little different per person. So if you're finding that this is helpful but also you're like, I do not know that I can handle doing that work alone, please go sign up for a free call for me or at least go and sign up for my mailing list. You'll actually get access to deeper work on this, free practices, meditations, all kind of the tools that you can use to help along this journey. But also just book a free call with me because... We can talk about it. What What are some steps on a more individual and personalized level that can be taken to do better with this, to do some more healing work, to do any repair work that you might need to do. Um, if you notice that you've done some harmful behaviors, because let's be honest, we all have. And, and where to go from there. This is what I do with my clients all the time. It's no pressure. And... Keeping in mind, too, that as human beings, we're all fallible, and the duality of that is we also all get to be treated with respect, we all get to be are deserving of respect, of love, of belonging, of safety, of self, and our emotions, and who we are. Yes, we're all fallible, and we still deserve all of that, and we are worthy of it. So if this was helpful for you, I encourage you to share it with someone that could use it. If there's, again, more you want to know, please sign up for my mailing list. If you are looking for some more in-depth and personalized support on this, again, book a free call because I am always down for that.